All right, folks, welcome to this episode of the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. Our guest today is Mr. Stephen Gorey. Steve is the CFO at Anbau Enterprises. I have known Steve for probably 10 years or so. He has an illustrious career in New York City uh, within real estate, New York City real estate firms, working at such shops as City, um, Lehman Brothers, GTIS Partners, and now with Anbau. So he's got a great depth of experience from institutional private equity to uh, family developers. Uh, so anyways, uh, great guy and great experience. So please enjoy the podcast. And as, as usual, please listen, rate, review, and share with your friends. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right, Steve Gorey, CFO at Ambau Enterprises. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to have you on here, man. We've we've known each other for I don't know, ten years, maybe something like that. Around that, yeah, ten, 10 plus years for sure. Ten plus years. It's been great to get to know you over the years. Um, thanks for joining us. How's how's your uh, how's your day going so far? So far, so good. A few conference calls. Uh, hopefully, ending later on the early side of today since it's a Friday in the summer. Yes. Um, and you are located in New Jersey, but you're not, you're not originally New Jersey, right? No, no. I grew up in Westchester and then uh, spent a lot of our uh, married raising kids years in Connecticut and have recently moved to Jersey. You know, as you know, Ambal's offices are in uh, lower Manhattan. Welcome to the best state in the union, baby. Thank I'm you. a Jersey guy, as you know, um, but I live in California now, so you you can take my place in Jersey. Okay. Uh, well, cool. So, yeah, can you tell everyone you're the CFO of Ambal? That's a big responsibility. Uh, can you tell everyone about Ambal? Sure. So we um, we basically build uh, for sale uh, mid level and mid level luxury. Um, I think you could call it boutique. Um, residential condominiums. That's our our bread and butter. Um, we've done about um, seven or eight developments over the course of the year. Our principals, um, our architects, they uh, thought they could build it better. I think we do. Uh, we're not trying to compete with um, you know the Relateds and the other mm. large New York City developers out there, but. We try to deliver a nice, nice, well-styled, very efficient um, product that fits in with the neighborhood. We're not about building a, a you know, a glass, a glass structure. Um, we just, we just build it nice and uh, make it look pretty. That's awesome. Uh, and so, is it all all Manhattan condos? That that's been our focus. Um, you know, we're undergoing a uh, shift now to the to younger generation. They they want to keep that focus. Um, they also are more open to uh, replicating our business model. Um, you know, whether it's in the tri-state area or in um, similar gateway uh, cities across nationally. We do have some connections um, to to. 
California, so we might find ourselves there at some point. Come on out, man. We need more, <laughs> we need more we need more housing. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, so far, um, you know, we, we like to you know we like to look at a project, whether it's a conversion or a ground up, um, see if we can put our you know our footprint on it, our special our special footprint, and if that if it fits that mold, you know, we'll do it. I, I think geography is a little less of a constraint with the new new family coming in. And what do you, what do you mean the new family coming in? The, the, the son and daughter are, uh, taking over for the, uh, husband and wife. Oh yeah. Can you give us like the story of Ann Bow and kind of how, how that started? Yeah. And- well, we're, we're, um, it's a family business. Um, we're a small part of a larger family office. Um, they, uh, decided that they wanted to focus on real estate. As I mentioned, um, originally architects decided to move into development and um Smart. yeah yeah and the mm-hmm. son and daughter are uh are following in those footsteps and um you know both have um gone to well, one one uh, the daughter went to the uh Columbia Biz, uh school for residential real estate development okay. and uh the son went to Columbia for his MBA um they both worked in the business um earlier in that before going back for those advanced degrees and uh they're they're interested in growing and building the business uh, further that's awesome and so um what's the con i mean what's the condo market like it's it's i, I don't think i've i don't think we've interviewed anyone in, in the condo development world what's the, what's yeah. the market? i'm actually involved with a condo project here in san francisco that's taken a long time and a lot yeah. of delays and yada 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 um what, what's it like in manhattan right now yeah, well, the market is still, um, I would describe it as hot. Um, I think it was very hot um, prior to the uh, Fed starting to, to move interest rates and certainly coming out of COVID. Um, there, was, there was a period where um, a lot of the inventory has been absorbed. I think that's still the case. So there, there's always, for a while there, I think just before COVID, there was... Uh, more supply than demand, mm. and now, now certainly that that gap has narrowed quite a bit. Um, and I think too in the product that we deliver at the price point we deliver, since we're not uh, a lot of our units are. I know it's a crazy price, but it's, it's uh, priced at a lot of our units are not priced at ten million and above. You know the velocity is just amazing between one and four million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and then a little slower between say four and ten million, and slower above that. But you know, people um, want to come back to New York City. They, you know, it's as they many people say, it's one of the best cities in the world. It'll remain that. Um, and you know, if they can see some good value for their money, and you know, when interest rates help them to afford it more, you know, the market has been really, uh, I would say, vibrant. As, as you know, similar to what you've seen cost nationally but um yeah with the interest that, rates right now is it slowing down at all I mean, uh, new york's kind of a separate like a special entity where it's like you know yeah, spring you know spring uh market was good a little bit of summer slowed down i think the interest rates are maybe slowing down a little more um but you know there's there's always there's always buyers there's always buyers and um you know you mentioned some challenges with building you know there's always Whenever you're building in New York, there's there's always challenges. Um, 
and and some delays. But you know, we 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 get it done, and we uh, and we stay with the building. You know, with residential um, condos, typically the sponsor remains in control of the board for a period of about five years after the condominium association is formed, and that's you know that's principally to um, continue to launch the a successful condominium building and, and take care of things that, um, you know, residents need as they, you know, it's a new product. You know, it's going to have a few, uh, things beyond the punch list that need fixing. And, you know, we, we like to think we attend to that better than others. You said, yeah, in California, it's 10 year, uh, kind of overview where it's like, cause I live in a condo building and our, I'm not, I, I didn't, I moved in probably a couple years after it was built. And, um, I remember the other, the condo board was like, all right, let's, you know, we got to do this whole, let's check everything and see, cause we got, you know, a year to submit this to the owner to fix everything. Um, which seems like a long time, <laughs> 10 years, like you build this and you sell it and you got to wait 10 years for all this, all the uh, owners or, or all the condo owners to come back to you with all their complaints. Um, it, it's a five year period in New York. Well, it's a five. There's a there's a seven year residual claim on construction defects. That's more for insurance purposes. Uh, but there's a five year control period where you're 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 there working with the residents and making sure that the the building is is operating well, and 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 invariably that involves um, maybe you know going beyond. The warranty, the one or two year warranty period of items within the apartment. You want to make people happy. You, you know, we, we, we like to stand behind our product. I think anyone that uh, builds, um, you know, should. And I, and you know, that's one of the things you know I really feel we do well. Yeah, yeah. And so, what you're the CFO there? What does this, what does the CFO do? Well, um, yeah, we're smaller, right? We're not like uh, we're not as big as a related. So. Um, that involves, I'm involved in practically every aspect of the company from, certainly from acquisitions and securing equity capital and uh, obtaining construction financing and administrating that construction financing uh, with my staff to running the management company, um, you know, which is making sure the rent for our office gets paid, which makes, uh, not that I'm cutting the checks, but you know, making sure we have funds to do that and, and um, just keeping the books and records for not only the development entities, but the, the corporate entities. Um, I also get involved in all the risk management, whether it's on the corporate side, but certainly on the um, construction side. So I procure all the um, construction insurance products and we work very closely with our outside consultants and, and lenders you know, who have requirements to do that. Uh, I get involved with setting up the condominium associations, which has its own set of books and records and uh, also has its own insurance needs. Um, I get involved in the tax returns. I don't prepare tax returns, but we have uh, tax returns not only for the principals, but also for all the development entities. Um, we have one institutional JV, so there's outside financial reporting, and there was uh, an annual audit that no longer is necessary that's involved in that. Um, we get involved in 
tax uh, appeals, real estate tax appeals. I mean, it just it just runs the gamut, I and mean, it's not it's not anything unexpected when you you know are working for a smaller family business. Speaking of which, like you when we met, you were working at a larger institutional, you know, private equity, real estate private equity firm. Um, what I mean, what's what's and then you worked you worked at Lehman prior to that. Um, at city. So you, you know, you came from the institutional side of things. Um, like what's the biggest difference between working at a big institutional shop and a, and a smaller family office? Cause I, I work with both type of clients and I have people, mm -hmm. you know, I have folks going from one to the other, um, as a recruiter and, uh, I guess both, I mean, they both have their pluses and minuses and, and kind of what's the biggest difference. Yeah. It's, it's a really good question. Um, thanks. I, I feel like, um, I feel like what Ambau needed, um, I think, well, needed what Ambau wanted in there in this in the CFO role was someone who uh, thinks institutionally but can act in an entrepreneurial setting, and um, I think they that that was what their their thought was, and and uh, I think that's why I'm fulfilling the role well. But um, you know, I, I I'll say the biggest difference moving from all those prior roles to Anbau was just the excitement of no longer just moving a paper from piece of paper from A to B, but mm -hmm. actually building something. Cause you know, in all those roles you mentioned, um, there was never a physical product other than the loan or a report or a document. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, or, or, or a filing with the sec. Like if I, when I was the compliance officer at GTIS. Uh, so, um, I think in all those roles, I, you know, I arrived at AMBA, I feel prepared having done all those roles for my role at Anbao. So, you know, after Lehman, you know, with the financial crisis, I, yeah, I, I got to find my way to uh, GTIS, real estate private equity firm. That role was to help them, it's really more of a pure business administrative role. It was interesting to me was that, was a, you know, obviously they're a fund manager, they were, uh, separating from an existing fund manager, and they really needed someone to come in and set up the infrastructure, uh, which is SEC compliance. Um, re, you know, do a lot of recruiting. That's how we met. Uh, you know, help grow the staff, um, and and you know, launch and structure funds. So um, both a financial role and a really a business operations and administrative role, um, and I would, did that for about five years and um, got them established there. And it was just time to move on. And that's how I uh, found myself at Amba. I work with a lot of accountants um, who want to get into real estate roles out of public accounting. Like what, what advice would you have for somebody looking to do that? Well, ideally, you can make a, a lateral uh, move. Um, you know, a lot of these roles are, um, you know, you're jack of all trades. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a controller, you're a, you're a, you're a, a senior accountant, you know, but you're doing a lot you just got to be willing to kind of roll up your sleeves and make that jump, uh, and in exchange for, for knowledge, because the, these, these companies, um, are small by definition. There, there. It's a, it's a low overhead operation. So, um, 
you know, you, you, you find, if you can find yourself immersed in one of these roles, you're going to be doing a lot more than just keeping books and records and moving some money around. So, um, the advice I would, I would be, I would say is, you know, take the plunge, uh, because that's, that's how you, that's how you'll learn. Um, if you can go to, uh, you know, another track may be to go to a institutional, uh, fund manager in a, in a junior or, or, you know, lateral asset manager role. Asset management, I feel, is almost the the best role um, maybe an accountant can, can transition to the business side with because it, it involves understanding financial records and understanding financial documents like loan documents, all the things that, say, someone in public accounting gets exposed to, understanding cash flows. Uh, but then you also learn what's behind the cash flows, how the, how the property operates, how, how leasing gets done, how operations gets done, how maintenance gets done, how, um, what, what the value of the property is as a, as a cap rate, you know, and cash flow components. So being able to be an asset manager and see all that, it's like a second tour of duty, the, the same tour of duty that you, you, reason why you went to public accounting in the first place is you can see a lot quickly. And where do you see the condo market going over the next couple of years? You know, it, it's, I, I feel like there's going to be less, you know, boom and bust. Um, and I think that's in, just in general. I mean, there's always times when, you know, great assets are on sale and, and you know, you want to sort of be able to position yourself, always have a little bit of cash available on the side to take advantage of that. But, you know, I, 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 there's going to be growth. I mean, just the um, growth of these ancillary companies like Airbnb and, 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 and places like that, just making people want to own real estate directly um, as an investment. The, the, the investment, uh, real estate is an asset class for investment. It's just going to continue to, to grow. I mean, we see this trend uh, GTS was a big part of it um, with single-family home investment by, and and so that that is that that has now come out of the financial crisis. There was a question there: is it a trade or is it an investment? It's clearly an investment. There's many management companies that have cropped up to uh, help investors and uh, institutions take advantage of that as an investment because it's much more intensive than say a multifamily property where everybody lives at one place, you know, with single family homes, they could be scattered, you know, across the neighborhood and they're all not connected. So there's always logistical changes, but charge challenges with that type of stuff. But, you know, people have overcome it and see the growth of real estate as an asset class and, you know, owning a condominium and renting it out, um, you know, is a, is a, a way, an affordable way, I think that, that a lot of people can, get involved with the property, you know, use it themselves. And there's lots of listing services that um, will help you rent it out when you're not using it yourself. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like I, a couple of years ago before the pandemic, there was these firms that were coming in. They're like kind of hotel kind of firms where it's like, you know, say Ambau built a, uh, they would take a Florida Ambau like condo and like turn it into like a hosp hospitality type of thing where they have their own check-in. Um, is that something that's still going on? There was a few firms doing that. Yeah, I think so. And there's always these fractional, you know, ownerships, you know, kind of got 
spinoff of the timeshare uh, aspect. Yeah, I really, I mean, you know, it, it's not really about investment advice, but you know, I think, I think, you know, if you're serious about investing in real estate, you know, you pretty ha- you you pretty much have two choices. You know, go buy a REIT uh, that's publicly traded, or or own the fee own the fee directly, and and you know, figure out how much you want to use it and, and how much you want to rent it out yourself. Um, may take you a little longer to make that purchase, but you know, control the, the to be able to control the asset um, as much as you can is a key aspect of driving value, whether it's real estate development or income producing properties. It's, it's just, you want to, you want the control to be you because it's, it's again, you, you, you'll find yourself doing a lot more uh, mm-hmm. than you anticipate to manage that investment. And you want to reap a hundred percent of the rewards from that effort. That's a great, I like that answer. Thanks. Um, it's also a great segue into the next part of our podcast. Are you ready for the hot seat? Sure. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofit startups and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities, reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. Getting hot in here. I know you're going, out, going down to the shore. <laughs> down the shore this weekend. It's going to be hot there too, most likely. Hopefully. Um, not raining. Do you have a book or podcast recommendation? You know, that's uh, you did definitely put me on the hot seat. Hot. I, I like Told to you. read. I, I read a lot of periodicals. Uh, I check in. See, I was telling someone the other day, I seem to get most of my news now from, you know, LinkedIn sources or, or even Facebook. And, you know, when I'm interested in a story, I'll jump on the New York Times website or Washington Post website or the journal website and, see, you know, check out the truth of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm always reading interesting business stories, uh, whether about the economy, whether about real estate. And the ability for that now to be delivered, you know, to your phone uh, in without all these individual subscriptions, you know, maybe through Apple News or something like that Mm. is just so, so much better than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So when I read a novel, I read for pleasure. I like detective stories and and mysteries mostly. Um, What was the second part of that question? Podcast. Do you listen to any podcasts? You know, I'm slowly getting involved in po- in podcasts. Um, I really like the daily New York Times podcast or the Washington uh, Post podcast. Um, they're, they're typically a more deeper dive into either 
polit a political story or a, or a business story. Um, other than that, you know, I'm more of a Spotify, you know, music guy when I'm out there doing a run. Rocking and rolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any advice uh, looking for anyone looking to start out in the real estate field? You know, you know it's, it, it really depends on ultimately where someone wants to be. And, um, you know, I, I have, I've had the good fortune at Ambal to uh, interview uh, candidates who are graduating from the, uh, the Columbia uh, Masters in Real Estate Development Program. Mm. And, and, you know, so someone that's interested in making a career transition, say they're an architect or an engineer or an accountant or a lawyer, and they want to get into business and they go through that program, it really, you know, opens up their network. Um, but I've had the really good fortune to talk to a lot of those people. And, you know, they, a lot of them, everyone wants to get into development. Everyone wants to be a developer. And, you know, development's not easy. Uh, it's, it's definitely not easy. If it was uh, any harder, I think no one would do yeah. it. And if it, was, if it was any easier, everyone would do it. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, the best, I, I, again, there's no substitute. The institutional training is, is terrific. Uh, the education really helps, especially if you're trying to scale an operation. Um, but, you know, real estate offers you the ability, if you can buy that fixer-upper house and live in it while you're fixing it up and sell it at a profit and move it on to the next one, you know, you could, it's a very, it, it, you don't need a PhD yeah. to be successful in real estate. What you do have to have is, you know, good, good skills is to understand, you know, what makes a good location, what makes a good investment, um, what might be a mispriced uh, purchase in a, in a really good, you know, market. Um, you know, if you can, you know, whether that's big or small, if you, you know, the bigger it is, the more capital you need. And the more and the capital, you know, can come from third parties. Um, initially, you're gonna have to present them with a track record. So you have to. Um, it, it it it's also a business where you have to just step incrementally into the next bigger thing, and try to avoid mistakes. And I think that's really where you know controlling the asset um, is is the key to 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 doing it if if you're making it your 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 career. Awesome. What, so there's a lot of people probably listening to this who are looking to get hired somewhere. Like, what do you look for when you're, when you're hiring somebody? You know, you always, I always look for a core skill set. I mean, you, you want to, you know, I'm not the type of person that if I 10 things or 10 things about the job spec, um, you have to have nine out of the 10 or, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you want to have like the, the core five uh, things want to have the I think beyond that you really want to know that the person wants to learn that they're hungry for the position um, you know I think in this kind of uh, talent market you know we don't expect people to stay forever mm -hmm. uh, but you expect them to you know work hard and and give you their best in exchange for your best and um, you know, you, if you see that, that that quality, that good energy in, in a person, in addition to having a skill set, in addition to wanting to learn, um, yeah, I think I think on balance you uh, 
have yourself a good a good candidate. Awesome. It's coming knowledgeable and energetic. Yeah, as as a former mentor said, you know, bright eyed person uh, wearing uh, tennis sneakers. <laughs> uh. So this is, you know, the name of this podcast is the impact real estate podcast. How does your real estate and or job have impact? Like, how do you see it as having impact in the world? Well, that's, that's again, something I alluded to, you know, earlier I got to Amp, I was like, Hey, wow, we, we actually built stuff. This is cool. Yeah. You know, cause, um, you know, we're, we're providing housing. Uh, one of our projects, um, has a, has a, uh, affordable component uh, within our residential for sale component. We often, um, have looked at rental projects for development that obviously if you're in New York city, you're going to involve some aspect of, um, of affordable housing. Uh, we're interested in that as a, uh, social, uh, context to our, our, our business, uh, our business mission. Um, so I feel that's, uh, you know, that's an important, I think we all feel uh, that that's an important part of what we'd like to deliver to the market. Uh, you know, it, it's it's remarkable to me sometimes that that's hard to do. Um, you, 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 the, the pricing of land or the subsidies that are available um, are just not keeping pace with um, the ability to, to do that as much as we'd like. Right. Awesome, man. Well, Steve Gorey, CFO at Ambau Enterprises, thank you for coming on the podcast today. You're great. Thank you. I appreciated the opportunity. Always good to uh, connect with you.